0: Now for something completely different, here's Brian Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and people of all sexes, and especially all of you who have yet to recover from that intensely mediocre, useless, and predictable dog and pony show, the humorously named GOP presidential debate. Your Funkin' Wagnall has an excellent description of it under Circle Jerk. Welcome once again to this week's soporific episode of the two and only our intellectually anesthetized slide on the razor blade of life, with ribald comments and lobotomized observations from sincerely yours, Brian Wilson, your proxy TV observer, and investigative journalist, best-selling author, Ahab's harpoon for the New York Post, and celebrity host at tonight's ear-splitting karaoke championship at the appropriately named Bearded Clam and Slurpee Bar, my sidekicking kicking James Bovard. Well, howdy, James. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, I just got a text message. Joe. It looks like um, Jim had to bail. He's got a deadline for the New York Post. That's got to be ready in the next nanosecond or something. Something's going on. Well, I tell you what. Why don't we? Um, why don't we just review this, and we can talk to Jim the next time and see if he has any other comments he wants to make. First, of course, the big news that's in the headlines that relates back to last week's two and only. Senators nix casual clothing as bipartisan resolution sets new dress code for the Senate floor. That's the headline from the AP. The Senate voted Wednesday evening to reverse an informal guidance issued by Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer last week that senators could wear what they want when voting or speaking in the chamber. The resolution, passed by voice vote with no objections, requires that the business attire be worn on the floor of the Senate, which, for men, shall include coat, tie, and slacks or other long pants. Didn't bother to specify what women should wear. The bipartisan resolution by Joe Manchin, the quivering D from West Virginia, and Mitt Romney, the rhino from Utah, comes after a backlash to Schumer's announcement. The thing I found interesting about all this is not only did it match up with the predictions we made last week, but a little bit later on in the story, down a few paragraphs, there's a quote from Chuck Schumer. Though we've never had an official dress code, the events over the past week have made us all feel as though formalizing one was the right path forward. You started it, meatball. You're the one who just went ahead and did it. There was no reason to do it. What do you expect? People are just going to take it lying down because you're the king of the Senate? What a dink. Well, anyway, um, let's move on to the debate. And... uh, take a few notes on that. It certainly was overhyped and under-delivered display of lots of bad manners and flaccid moderating on Fox. The Fox network wrote up an article about it. Here's the opening line. Republican presidential debate Wednesday evening was filled with memorable moments and lines as candidates clashed on stage for the second time in the 2024 election cycle, quote unquote. So, Rather than highlight the ideas and intentions they would bring to government to put the country on sound footing economically, to show leadership in solving the border crisis, reducing crime, bringing the country's energy policies back to sanity and sustainability, no. Fox chose to focus on Fox's five top moments. Let's take a look at these. Number one, Trump a no-show. With a keen sense for the obvious absence of the former president still holding a monster lead over everyone else, former Tons of Fun star Chris Christie's snarky Donald Duck one-liner went over like the lead balloon he so closely resembles. Post-debate polls show the audience massively turned off by that. Personally, I believe he's using the debate for self-flagellation using his Donald Trump icon. Number two. Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramanswamy spar over the potential dangers posed by Chinese owned social media platform, TikTok. At one point, Haley remarked that she felt dumber when she listened to Ramaswani speak. Well, frankly, Nikki, I didn't think that that was possible. Haley might have had some decent ideas, but she presented them like the bad witch in Wizard of Oz. Assuming Ramaswani doesn't make the cut, Uh, I kind of see him as the perfect White House concierge with a side hustle for Crest Toothpaste. They sparred over the greatest national security issue, TikTok. So there you go. Number three, DeSantis defends Florida black history curriculum. It was in response to a question about Florida state curriculum on slavery. DeSantis defended his record, argues it was a hoax invented by the administration word salad czarist Kamala Cackle, Rather than let dead dogs lie, Tim Scott had to remind everyone he was black and had to say something irrelevant as it was. Number four, I've been sleeping with a teacher. Well, during an exchange between Mike Pence and Chris Christie about school choice policies, the former vice president raised eyebrows when he spoke about sleeping with his wife. All things considered, he may have raised an eyebrow, but not much else. How that qualifies him to be president is to be debated later with Joe Biden. Number five, Scott spars over past business venture with Rasamwani. Scott took issue with Rasamwani over his comments during the first GOP debate that every candidate excluding him were bought and paid for. You may recall that. It was the first so-called debate. Everyone on stage howled at Vivek's comment. You'd almost think they had been stabbed in the wallet. DeSantis then interjected, saying Republicans should prevent infighting and focus on defeating Biden in 2024. Well, now, he didn't really mean that. He just saw it as a chance to burnish his leadership skills from his center stage position. You know, networks always like to do winners and losers, especially Brett Baer. My vote for losers, six of the seven junior varsity gladiators and the three moderating eunuchs. My winner... North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, who, with the several minutes granted him by the three eunuchs, was articulate, on topic, gracious, non-confrontational, and conducted himself the most presidential. And he had his own state accomplishments to brag on. Well, to everyone's relief, the time has come to slam down our infamous curtain of mercy. While the sag after writer's strike is allegedly over, the UAW is trying to wipe off the Biden stains from its picket lines, and gas prices defying gravity. You'll still be needing some quality reading material to while away all the free time wasted on watching those Three's Company reruns. So take this opportunity to load up on Bovard's Books, the entire 10-volume set available at Amazon and other affordable outlets. You might even consider grabbing copies of my two occasionally-selling tomes, 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 also at Amazon, and select vending machines at better truck stops everywhere. Don't fail to remember, drop by Substack and get a free subscription to Brian Wilson Rights. Even with Bidenomics and inflation, you can't beat the price. If you have an extra minute, go to getmoretank.com getmoretank.com. They have a neat product there that can save you major dollars on your escalating gasoline bills. Works on diesel too. Check it out, getmoretank.com. If you decide to give it a go, type Brian in the promo box and get another 10% off. Good stuff. Regardless of your shopping habits, be sure to join our bus driver Joe Ted and the By the Bar and Stool for Slim Whitman Night, the Barfing for Distance contest starting at 9 o'clock. Members of today's studio audience will each receive free memorial posters of the goat of third base, Brooks Robinson, who sadly passed away to the other side a couple of days ago. Thanks for enduring the two and only, the pebble in the shoe of the hiking boot of podcasting. For the monthly centerfold at the Deep State Rifle Range, Jim Boulevard, our environmentally erudite bus driver, Joe Ted, this is Mike Pence's personal supplier of ED pills, Brian Wilson, reminding you, a penny saved is a government oversight. Pull the plug, Joe. <laughs>